0: This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks show number 327, recorded on September 21st, 2017. Here in Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech like gadgets that News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for you, please check that. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average Guide the studios here in a be warm, Bellevue, Nebraska, hard to believe we had 90 today, and it's September 21st. Yeah, it's crazy. Now, I think the last, Rich, I think it's the last 90 we're going to see. I bet you'd be happy with some clear skies and, uh, and 90 well, degree weather. We've been,
1: you know, since the hurricane, we've had extremely clear skies, no rain since then, and we'll take it the humidity good. starting to
0: lift off. and Yeah, good. We'll talk about that here shortly, but good to have you on the show. Remind folks they can catch the show notes of everything we do and we'll be typing those up tonight as we go out at theaverageguy.tv. Don't forget, you can also join Home Gadget Geeks on our mobile app. I fixed both Android and iPhone now, so those are both working. Those apps provided by Spreaker. We get them out there as well. Head out to homegadgetgeeks.com. Big buttons, easy to find. iPhone, Android, boom, you're in. A download is an app. You can listen to us live. If you're on the road, best way to do it, home. GadgetGeeks.com. Don't forget, if you want to support the show, you can do that on Patreon. We have one and $5 plans. The $1 plan gets you pre and post show. So some of the stuff we cover when we're recording, but we're not recording and sometimes it's fun. And sometimes it's just chit chat. That's available for Patreon subscribers. One and $5. Appreciate you doing that. Head out to homegadgetgeeks.com. Click on the Patreon link and you can get it done as well. Apparently too. I've, I've gone back and forth on this thing, Rich. I've got this Amazon affiliate leak, 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 right. That's funny. link, and it, it worked for a while, then they broke it. They took it away because I did something wrong. Then I reapplied, I got it again, and they took out my management console. Like, they're like, oh, you're closed. I got a, I got a, a coupon, or, you know, I got a payment from them last night. <laughs> and I was like, hey, wait a minute. I thought I was done. So to be honest with you, I don't know if I'm done or not. So I'm not going to necessarily put an affiliate link on the, uh, the front page like we always do, but uh, a lot of the show notes will have affiliate links in them. If you click on them, Works great now. I don't know what to think. Amazon, thank you for your confusing efforts to help fund what we do here at TheAverageGuy.tv. But if you're out in the show notes, click a link. Chances are we'll make a few pennies off it as well. Don't forget, Home Server Show Meetup is coming up next weekend. So chances are by the time you're hearing this, maybe it's next week. We're coming up within a week, but we're getting together in Indianapolis. I do got to thank Jellycomb. Uh, they have been sending me products, which are pretty interesting, but they just sent me I'll show you the box here. They just sent me this new three-port smart wall charger, which is kind of cool. Rich, the reason it's interesting, it's got that red port for the Qualcomm fast charge. Oh, the that, fast charge, yeah. It's coming on it. It's got a regular USB 3 on it, and then, of course, a USB 3 – I'm sorry, USB-C port that's on there. Very nice. And so oh, right all there the, at the top, yeah. Yeah. Updated for all the latest kind of, it's got all the hardware in it. Uh, looks like this comes in white and black. They're sending one with me to the meetup. So if you're coming, we're giving this away. Uh, I'm going to have one to test and do a review on, and then we're giving one away at the meetup. Not a reason to come to the meetup, but Jelly has been generous and been sending me some products to review. So I'll be running this out. You know, you could never leave home without a good charger. I bet, Rich, during the hurricane, batteries were super important to you too. I tell you
1: what, those power bricks are lifesavers. Yeah. For, and and guess what I figured? You know, I, I'm a Zoom guy. And I, I'm going to share an unprepared story. Yeah, do it. I didn't have... My emergency radio was a little portable thing I had years and years and years and can't find it anymore. So I went on to Amazon because all the local stores were out. So I went on to Amazon, what? A week before the hurricane hit, okay? And ordered a... Um, probably paid a little bit too much for it, but, you know, it was probably a $10 emergency radio that I paid 18 for but it didn't make it in time. It delivered two days after the hurricane because UPS had it in the truck on the Friday of that weekend. And then all of a sudden tells me it's delayed due to the, I imagine it was the gas situation. Gas was really hard to come by by that weekend. And so I didn't get my emergency radio until after the storm, but I have a Zoom, and Zune has an FM radio on it. Mm-hmm. So I took that Zoom, plugged in a set of headphones and was able, I didn't have an external non-battery powered, uh, you know, Speaker, but the headphones worked, and I could plug that Zoom in to its proprietary connector. Remember that kind of wide one, right? And it had USB on the other end, so I could plug it into one of my bricks and power that Zoom for hours because Zoom battery life was awesome. And uh, so it, it allowed me to listen to the local radio station during the weather alerts and things like that. But now I have a really fancy emergency radio in our hurricane kit, ready for the next one. For next, which time. we don't want, by the way. No, <laughs> Maria is headed off. In a way, we got Microsoft Ignite in Orlando next week. Everybody was really
0: worried about Maria causing havoc for that, but she's not attending, so that's good. Well, the last time we lost power, I bought power bricks. That's not what these are. There's no battery in these, but I lost power. I bought power bricks. We lost yep. power for four days and during the tornado, Ooh. and um, so I bought the the ladies of the house a power brick and said, "All right, this is your emergency kit. While we're, yep. you know, while for for the future, if we run out of power, let's have these things charged and." super handy to have those batteries around and you know, there were places uh, early after the, after the tornado, there were places you could go to that were offering free charging. You could come in and charge things up. And I I eventually do you, you guys own a
1: uh, generator and how long are you out of power? We don't. Uh, And, you know, as we sat in the dark that first day, so the, the storm arrived around midnight on the Sunday night, the 10th of September and the, the outer bands we started experiencing and, we were, we were sitting there, uh, we having dinner in the dark, you know, it, well, we weren't without power yet, but at 3 a.m. in the heart of the storm, power went out. It had flashed a few times before that. So I sat in the dark, me and my cat, and we rode out the storm awake. My wife slept. But um, so we took, and the expectation was power was going to be gone for a while. That they, they had told us that's ahead of time because of the strength of the storm. When Irma came across Cuba and kind of whacked Cuba on the left side, and made its turn and, and, and just uh, just hit the Keys so hard. I mean, and then it continued north towards Naples, Florida, right, for its first second landfall. Well, it was supposed to take a little left-hand turn towards the northwest, and it di- it took a westerly turn, but it stayed more true to north, so it came, f- it came more central up the peninsula. So we actually got closer to the heart of the storm than we expected to. So power goes off at 3 a.m., so we were ready for it, right? We had most of the things we needed and lights and flashlights and all that kind of stuff. We had a, a I got a turkey fryer, right? That you, I fry turkeys in at Christmas. That was our stove. You could do single pan dishes, easy refrigerator. If you keep your freezer closed, freezers will tend to stay frozen for four days or more. So we were ready and um, we got power back that night at 920. Oh, nice. So we were without power for 16 hours. Just a day. There were a lot of people that were without power that only just now getting power back. And I think my last check, they, 90,000 people out of 170,000 customers lost power in that storm. Yeah. And then within five or six days, they had everybody but about 10% fixed. And the, those were the guys who had big trees and other big issues, power, transmission lines. And the Black Creek flooding beyond storm stage, uh, flood stage was huge. I mean my daughters in laws lost their house. Mm. And they had they have four foot of water in their house wow. even before a hurricane hit. Yeah. Because of the storm surge. Right. And that's the stuff you gotta be careful about. Right. You know, we know this stuff. That's the big difference between tornadoes and hurricanes. Right. Hurricanes we get four, five, six days to prepare. Tornadoes hit. They just and I lived in Kansas. I lived in Tornado Alley, so I know that. And it's a big deal. And, and I think people in Florida took it very seriously. You can't stop the winds. The winds are coming. I mean, look at the pictures and you can see, but you got to be ready. And we were yeah. ready to go without power, but we don't own a generator. That's on our top of our list.
0: Yeah, I think it's on mine at too. At least
1: for the refrigerator. Yeah, right. And so, so we don't lose hundred, you know, hundreds of dollars worth of food. But guess what? You can also power a light off of that, and you can do some other things with it as well. So we're going to invest. We're going to make yeah. that an investment. I,
0: I think that's one of the next things I pick up and then have the right cabling to be able to quickly unplug Correct. those devices Correct. and then run a charging station into the house. Because I there think we go. have enough tech to keep things running, keep phones running. You don't? I don't really need the computers, to be honest with you. I ran right. them. Uh, we, we got a generator, and I ran my computers. I don't really need to. right? I can run those things off of a phone. Uh, at least what I need to get I do done. Get-
1: I need to do in an interim on the phone. I can communicate. Yeah. I can email. I can web. And I have, my, uh, I have UPSs on my, my, my stations here, and I can keep the cable stays up. I can keep my router running for a while on that UPS. So that also helps keep some connectivity. But we lost connectivity. Phone, phone system got saturated big time. We could barely get a bar. And we don't have great coverage here anyway with AT&T. It's just the nature of the beast. We have a microcell that runs via my, my cable data connection to help give us a little stronger signal for the phones. So that, it was a mess. I mean, it really was. And up here, we were in northeast Florida, you know, 400, 500 miles from landfall down in the south. And uh, I, I'm sure people saw the pictures of the storm surge that flooded downtown Jacksonville. I mean, it was just unreal. And that's the stuff that kills you in a hurricane, Right, is usually the, stir, the surge. Yeah, you just drowned. Well, we're glad you're yeah. safe. Rich. Thank um, you. I appreciate it. And, a little bit uh, of roof we, damage, and we're going to get some tiles replaced. But all in all, we did well compared to what so many
0: folks, you know, some folks don't have a home right. and stuff like that. So we're thankful. Yeah. No, it kind of followed you through your through your podcast, Windows Observer, right. and you talked a little bit about that, both buckling down and then the after effect. Yeah, I recorded
1: and so, after I was – yeah. uh kind of hunkered down on the Saturday afternoon. I said, Oh, what the heck? Let's record a oh,
0: podcast. So didn't have anything else to do. No, oh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, in this week too, you know, you think about those, I, we, with the, with that last power outage, I did some work. I was trying to plug things in and realized I was overpowering a UPS that I had. Yeah. I think actually I damaged the battery in the process. So I'm going to need to yep. replace it. It was old. and I need to do it anyways. So I've begun to go smaller on my UPSs and isolate them to units. Right. So that, in case of an emergency, again, instead of, because what I did is I pulled just the plug on the UPS and plugged it right. into the generator. Right. Well, it was powering up too many things, right? And then the generator mm-hmm. was shut down. And gotcha. so I'm starting to think through, like, okay, I really need to get some essentials. Like you mentioned the router, right? Yeah. That needs to, and that can live on a, I mean, that can live it on can a live battery for a, for a while. right? Yeah. And so I kind of want to get that isolated. And I should probably map it out a little bit so that I know, okay, I've got my modem. I've got my wireless router. Uh, at a minimum. And maybe my, if I've got some networking things in there, I probably want right. all of those on a battery. I maybe want them on a strong battery, even though I'm not using it all the time. Right? And so you get, you just, it's good to, for me, I was thinking all in all in one unit was great. It was one thing to have to deal with. But after the power outage, I was thinking, well, maybe I'll throw smaller device, you know, smaller sectional, you know, I've got the HP microserver here. That's now on its own UPS I'm running the main PC here, the studio PC, and my Plex server on another UPS. Should probably, and then I'm running the, I'm running all the networking equipment, modem, you know, router, right, those right. kinds of things. I need to take that really off. I should probably get my its own dedicated UPS. Do you? Right. So for your router and stuff, do you run that on a pretty good sized UPS or is it I, it's kind of one of those those?
1: It's not a it's not a mini mini one. I mean, it's probably I don't know. It's it's yeah. probably hundred bucks, maybe 75 bucks. Yeah. It's one of those kind of $7,500 UPSs. It's not one of the high ends, right? So, but I do get, and I've got two. So, you know, I don't have to run my podcast station during a power outage. Yeah. So I I got that as a backup battery, basically, if I need it. But cable went out pretty quick afterwards too. So right. we were kind of stuck with what we had on the phone.
0: So. Yeah. And I also, I also have been thinking through. I've got some low power devices. The HP Microserver, low power, right? I've got a little Dell fifty thirty or thirty fifty. It's one of the little mm-hmm. boxes that's like a Nook, mm-hmm. low power, right? I've oh, got yeah, yeah. I've got a little Intel Nook, low power. I should probably be thinking about combining those together onto a single UPS. I could yeah, probably I eke those out. Those have data on them and stuff. I might want to try and keep those running, you know, for some length of time. Or at least you can always recharge the UPS, change it over, right. recharge the UPS, right. you know, with right. the generator. I'm leaning towards Honda makes these, this this 1,000, some, something, something 1,000, that yeah, yeah. super quiet. Like you couldn't even hear it running in the backyard. Yeah, that's the
1: other thing you could hear the, the concert of generators throughout the day on Monday yeah. uh, here in my neighborhood because of the outages that people had, but it's funny. Uh, other Jim says his wife hates the beeping from the UPSs. Yeah. Yes. And in order to, on my one backup, in order to conserve the battery, I just turned it off. And I have one UPS that lets me silence that beeping. Right. The other one doesn't. So right. I tend to turn it off and keep it in standby. It's pretty maddening when they all but go, you know, you know? It, you're right. But you know, it, You know, talking tech and the tech we use in our homes, when these kind of events occur, you know, you learn very quickly that there's one key element that you have to have in order to do anything. And that's power. And we're talking about just essentials. Now, we're lucky uh, city waters, pressure based system. So we had running water. We did have a, a, you know, a hot water tank full of hot water, which by the end of the day, it had kind of gotten lukewarm on us. And we took that shower and it was. Thirty minutes later, power. We were laying in bed going to sleep at like nine fifteen because what else are you going to do? And power flipped on, so I got up and watched the Monday Night Football debut.
0: Nice.
1: <laughs> I yeah. Got connected on the internet and caught up on it. You, you were surprised. We were hoping to have power back. Was in was twenty four hours. You got it back in and it came back so, so fast. Now far. we live in a neighborhood that all the transmission lines, all the electrical lines, are buried. So there's nothing elevated to be knocked over by trees. Right. But are we're fed. From that. But we also have a a junior high school behind us that is the special needs shelter here in Clay County. And so they are also priority for power restoration as well. So that helps us,
0: I think. Yeah. Well, and think about it, you got laptops too that have batteries that could go. Yep. Four well, there five you go. Those hours. will work for a while. You right. Know, having those around. Well, so anyways, uh, I don't know how we got that in the rabbit hole. I was going to talk to you about it anyways. That's but tech. That's tech. Oh no! Right on. If you're, I was going to talk to you about it anyways. We just uh, oh. so if you head out to the home server show, we're giving these away. We're giving one of them away. And then a couple of weeks ago, we had we had Dwayne Robinson on the program, and we talked. Let's let's stay on the power concept here. So. We, I, he talked about this Belkin Conserve Insight Energy Use Monitor, right? We know kilowatt meters, but this one is kind of like a kilowatt meter on steroids. So it is, um, uh, it's in the show notes from the show a couple weeks ago. I'll put it in the show notes for this show as well. Basically, it's a through, you, you, you put your, whatever you want to plug into here, and then you plug it into the wall. What I really like is in a kilowatt meter, if that's back behind your fridge, you really can't see it, right? So they push the display on a, on a wire. You can bring this thing forward. And then what's also cool is you can input your energy cost. So I don't know about you, but energy here is about $0.10 cents a kilowatt. Yeah, X amount per kilowatt, yeah, $0.10. Cents. So you can pro- that, program that in really easily. You push the button, hold it down, go plus or minus, and get your kilowatt in there. And then you, just, you leave it. And it can run for 10 minutes and give you a, a – it'll give you both a monthly fee or a monthly – Amount that this device—in my case, I'll tell you why I did it here in just a second—or you can flip it over; it'll give you an annual amount, right? The all the miners are using this because they want to know how much their rigs are running them, right? From, right. Uh, am I making any money off this? And that's why oh, Dwayne got did, you right. That's why Dwayne did it. This little thing's going to save me two hundred bucks a year. Let me tell you why. So I have two fridges down here in the basement. Well, oh, I have a fridge and a f- upright freezer, deep freeze, right? So I started thinking, you know, I wonder what that old fridge because it's an old fridge, right? We just threw it down there. We we got it on a, at a garage sale, and with the kids, we you know, we had five kids, we needed extra space. But I've never really done a, you know, like how much is this thing costing me? So I put this on there and let it run for I don't know, probably about twelve hours. I came back two hundred and fifteen dollars wow. a year to run that fridge. Let me give you a, uh, an example of what a normal fridge today. About $65 a year. Why? Wow. Wow. So then I put it on the deep freeze and that was running at $75 a, a year. And I started thinking, okay, I'm about $300 in between these two units. I can buy a brand new fridge and those run about 60. And I don't need that big freezer space anymore, right? So we're going to buy, we're going to buy a, a fridge that's got the bottom, you know, right top, right. no tech. It'll be about a grand We'll make that up in a couple years. We'll have one device. We'll remove some things out. $24 on Amazon. By the way, you can't buy them wow. today because I think we sold them out. <laughs> wow. They were available when I bought this and I went back the other night to, uh, to check it out and they were sold out. You can buy them from Belkin. Wait for them to come back on Amazon. We'll have an Amazon link in the show notes. Really, really cool, Rich. If you ever want to know what's sucking the power down well, in your well, house. Well, now you got so cool. me thinking.
1: You got me thinking because I've been playing a little bit with connected home stuff and with uh, the Alexa and Echo and stuff like that. And I'm trying to remember what I, I bought one. One of the first ones I bought was it wasn't Insteon because I'm, I'm testing the Insteon stuff right now. So I have the hub and two of these things that were like $39 from Amazon for a kit, right. which is a great way to get started. Right. Although I'm not thrilled about having to have a hub, but um, but before that one, I used,
0: um, probably a D-Link, D-Link, right? And it, and it's going to no, give that's you the it,
1: end- D-Link and yeah. D-Link. The app has that yes. feature where you yes, plug in yes. your kilowatt hour costs and it will tell you how much
0: power it's using and how much it costs. Yeah. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. You can totally do it that way. TP-Link. I have one of those. TP-Link.
1: TP-Link. TP-Link. Yep.
0: And, and I think D-Link has them now too. I think you can actually, they're getting really common. If you go looking at home automation devices, any of these plugs, they'll look something right. like this. You just plug them in and then attach them to the app, and most of the apps have kilowatt have that ability to monitor the usage, tell you what you're using in it. Super smart way to do it. By the way, I think the connected home in the future just automatically does that for you. I think it's gonna you're gonna plug something in, and there's gonna be a whole house and it's gonna be able to connect
1: to the network and know understand what your kilowatt hour cost is. is. Yeah,
0: yeah, totally. But. It was one of those eye openers. And, and I, you know, I talked to Sarah and I'm just like, Hey, look, we're spending 200 extra dollars a year on a fridge. That's these, it's just terrible energy consumption. We don't use them. They're old. Let's get something new. That's high efficient. In five years, it's paid off for the most part. And let's, she was like, absolutely. So um, cool. if you're thinking about, if you've got, you know, especially we talked, we've talked about mining a couple times. If you kind of want to know the total cost, those plugs, something like that, a great way to get it done. And a, and a great little gadget. Um, and I love the kilowatt meters. Those are great. But I love being able to pull this out. And actually, to be honest with you, Rich, I love it being app independent. It was just there. You know, yeah, it was just there. You, yeah, you set it up and come back anything. six hours later and you're like, OK, here it is. So that's the Belkin Conserve Insight Energy Use Monitor. That No sponsorship there. I just bought it. Dwayne said buy it. I bought it. And, uh, and it, it's a good gadget to have in your toolbox. All right, Rich, welcome to the show. We, are, we already brought you in, but good to see you. Glad you're safe. Um, we, I have been uh, digging in with you at Windows Observer uh, at the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I have enjoyed, by the way, thank you for what you do on the podcast. I, For listeners who still have not made their way over to Windows Observer, if you are not listening to that, you should be. Because well, if you're a Windows enthusiast, you have to. You, like You sum up everything just the way I want it. No BS. No small talk. I'm not getting ads. Nothing about Blue Apron. It's just all Windows <laughs> all the time. You should add it. You should put an ad or two in there, by the way. Um, it's that good. I hope your numbers are that good. But thanks for doing that. Um, what, what are you looking at as we think about Windows? It's, I mean, there's a lot coming up here in the next couple of weeks. Yep. How are you going to handle from a podcast perspective? What's your plan to kind of handle this Windows rollout?
1: Uh, well, and for those that may not be aware, and I'm sure your audience is, Fall Creators Update, right? Back in um, – uh, when was it that Terry Meyerson made that formal? Um, was it – Two weeks it, ago, right? Was it only two weeks ago? They, they made was. the date, 17 yeah, the date. October, right? right? So 17 October, actually the, the third Tuesday of the month of October, Fall Creators Update. And they, they used the term globally it will be globally available. Now in the past, they've kind of been very patient rollouts and I don't think they're going to change their approach. I think they're going to just push it out very slowly and easily watch what happens and and adjust as necessary. But so this is second feature update for 2017. So this will actually be the fourth overall since Windows 10 released back in July of 2015 for the first time. So we had the November update, the anniversary update, the creators update back in April and now the fall creators update. And so... Uh, they're in the final stages and throws of of getting this thing ready. In fact, last night at eleven fifteen East Coast time, they pushed out a fast ring build, kind of totally in out of the blue. But they had a big big issue last week. They released a build for testing one six two eight eight that had a pretty bad bug in it for their own hardware. Mm-hmm. Surface Pro three users were shutting down their devices and then turning them on and not able to boot. Turns out it was corrupting one of the key boot files, and they eventually published. Uh, on Wednesday of this week or Tuesday of this week, they pushed out a build 16291 and also a workaround for those users to fix what they had. They had to create a USB drive and do some things. And then they told but I have us, a Surface Pro 3, by the way. I'm glad I didn't update. I, well, there you I go. held off. Yeah. And and yeah. not every Surface Pro 3 suffered from this, but apparently a good number of them, but not enough, I guess, in their canary and internal rings to to flag it. And so fast ring build. Three days later, they push that same build to slow ring that spreads the audience out. And uh, but they they gave us a workaround with one six two nine one, and then said that minimum this build is it's fixed in builds one six two nine four or higher. And then last night at eleven fifteen, build one six two nine four was pushed out. So I've already heard from people that it's fixed. It's not causing the issue anymore. So I, I get the feeling that we're really close on no, this being one the this build could very well be. They released a, a cumulative update for it today. So there was a cumulative update wow, on fastening fast. devices. Yep. No documentation for it, unfortunately. Yeah. Something Microsoft is still continuing to not do very well. People don't like to install stuff if they don't have know what it is. And uh, so... So we're very close. 17 October will be here before we know it. That's just a few weeks away. Next week in Orlando, Florida, Microsoft Ignite is happening. That's the big IT pro kind of tech industry, 25,000 registered attendees, and they're doing Envision alongside of it. So Envision is kind of their business side, and um, uh, Ignite is the IT pro dev kind of side. So um, there's going to be upwards of 31,000 people, I think, in Orlando for that that three or four days. So it's going to be a busy week. I'm going down on Saturday. Got some pre-events to do. I actually get to do an MVP pre-day on Sunday um, and get to sit in. I, I We actually get to pick between Office 365, Windows 10, and some AI and machine learning stuff. But um, so this fall creators update is not real creative in the name ways because they had the creators update in April and then they decided fall creators update. But flashback to this time last year or October of last year, New York City Surface Studio launch, right? That's when we heard that the spring update was going to be called the creators update. And one of the big, big features they talked about was mixed reality and these headsets from the OEMs, right? And we've slowly been seeing that stuff trickle out now. Um, I actually have... I actually have the Acer here mm-hmm. for playing around with, and um, you gotta you gotta have a system that'll run that thing. By the way, good video card. Video cards have gotten expensive thanks to miners. By the way, I want to say.
0: No, I know. Um, <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm part of the problem. <laughs> okay.
1: So, um, but anyway, so all these new features are coming for the Fall Creators Update. It's. Those of you that are running insider builds, you've been seeing these features for months. And that's what for somebody like myself and and others who are knee deep in that stuff, you kind of forget what's new and what's not. I know. Because I you've know. been using it for months. One yeah. of those for me is OneDrive Files on Demand. You know, we've been using that now since May timeframe. They announced that it Build, and we've been using OneDrive Files on Demand so June, July, August, September, four months. It's kind of like normal for me, right? And um so, so you got things like that coming out, mixed reality coming out. Uh, I've played in that portal. I've, put it, I've been in the system. It's a place where you can run a bunch of 2D apps, basically. But the content is starting to spin up now. And that's what was the problem. They announced these things last October and then didn't have the hardware to go with the software in April. And then May, pre-orders for the HP and the Acer headset went off. They didn't ship until the beginning of August. So this whole mixture, we were talking about it beforehand, right? You know, Microsoft showed off View 3D back in May at the education event in New York City and showed how you can put a 3D object in a scene, right, using your normal RGB camera on any device, running Windows 10. Well, and then nothing happened. And then all of a sudden, WWDC happened a couple weeks later. Our kit, AR kit came out. People started sharing that stuff on Twitter and other places. And, and now the iOS 11 is out and people have it on their phones. And I, I told you earlier, one guy laid out an entire IKEA living room on the subway platform. So the Microsoft one, we saw it. It was cool. Nothing. And now all of a sudden, Apple's out there with it out in front. And even looking at their face recognition, right? We, two years ago, we were using face recognition on Microsoft Windows phones. 950, 950 Excel. Right. So right. Yeah. The the, the fault creators update is going is I think Microsoft is finally getting their feet under them in this pace, right? Of doing these updates. Um, there's a lot of discussion out there that they think people think Microsoft should back down a little bit on the, the, the features and things of that nature, but I don't see it happening. I, I see this they've changed over server, they've changed Office 365. They've changed uh, other products and services to this same two times a year feature update cycle, and they're just kind of turning the whole company into this agile. Every six months, we're going to be iterating. Yeah, so it's a lot faster than it used to be.
0: Maybe gotten uh, um, boringly un, you know, predictable. And you know, you're like, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, stability is important. That's kind of what scared people
1: off of Windows 10 was stability. I wrote about privacy this week. You know, there was a big blog post about some other privacy tweaks they're making with the fall creators update. Privacy was one of those big concerns people had when Windows 10 rolled out, let alone the the shoving it down my throat to get the upgrade. Right. Right. And Ed Bott wrote a great article this week about how Microsoft has taken a different approach now. They're not pushing the upgrades down people's throats. I mean, he even mentioned he had two systems in his house that hadn't upgraded yet. He had to go out and get the upgrade. So I, I think they're learning. I think they're realizing how to approach it. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like getting to that first service pack. You, you know, you know, things are starting to click and things of that nature. And the, but they are always I mean, they add a lot of fluff updates to the system. Right. So I'm talking about the little things like um Cool feature, right? Didn't make the Creators Update going to be in the Fall Creators Update where you can pin a user on your taskbar and then you'll see the alerts pop up over their head. Um, Windows Timeline announced that build not coming to Fall Creators Update. So there's a lot of – and when you live in a pre-release software world, you see things that don't necessarily mean they're going to make the final product. And Windows enthusiasts are kind of tight about that.
0: You yeah, know, when I, they, I they, call that much there. they
1: call that a failed deliver or whatever yeah. you want to call it. I don't, I mean, that's just Microsoft being very public about what they're working on. So they can do one of two things. We can go back to the Steven Sanofsky days of pure secrecy around what's coming in Windows and then just be surprised every three years. Or we can, you know, see what they're doing, watch what they're doing. And yeah, some of it's going to make it, some of it's not. My goal, my, my desire is having stability when that release comes out. I think that's important.
0: You mentioned most of the major ones, uh, emojis. There's a big emoji control yeah, emoji, panel, yeah. No, yeah. whatever. Uh, what about link to your phone or link Link your phone? Yeah. Have you messed with that much? And, I and have like- extensively. Uh, I, I, I wrote a story of a few weeks ago about this,
1: and I called it Windows Timeline Light. Because if you remember back at Build, and I think I've been on the show since Build, and we talked about this feature, it's really neat because it ties your, your whole ecosystem together. So if you're on Android, iOS, even Windows Phone, um, laptops, tablets, desktops, if you're tying it all together with a Microsoft account, so you're using Cortana, for instance, or now it's the Microsoft app. I think they, I think they call it on iOS and Android. You get some connectivity where I can actually share stuff directly to my PC from the phone. Rather than emailing myself a link or, or DMing myself a link or something weird like that, I can actually use the sharing feature on Android or iOS and say, send it to my PC. Then the next time I log into that PC, there's something in Action Center that, hey, you sent this to yourself. Or do you want to – and they, you're, we're seeing uh, – what do they call it? I wrote it down. Um, pick up where you left off or continue on PC is the feature they're talking about Yeah, and I've seen that pop up in Cortana a couple of times. Do you it's,
0: want to finish here? I noticed exactly. you're done over there. You want to finish so,
1: here? so let's say I'm working on the podcaster, which I'm on right now, and I'm looking at a website and then I shut this machine down. And within 30 minutes, if I go open up another machine on the same Microsoft account, which is the case, I'll have an alert in the action center that says you were doing this over there. Do you want to continue? So it, that is basically Windows timeline. What they showed us, except the interface to Windows timeline will be a little bit different, a little more robust. But a lot of the features of windows timeline, that whole idea of continuing what you're doing on other devices is going to be there when fall creators update comes out. I can't wait to get this on my other systems. I really can't. I'm itching to put 16294 on everything right now, but I'm trying to be, I don't, I don't corrupt my podcast machine until it's final. Same thing with the main desktop.
0: Well, but don't you find as an insider and especially in the fast track, you, you said this just a second ago, you start testing these products. You kind of think they should be every. I mean, you've had them for two or three months, right? Yep. And you're like, I've gone back to some of my older PCs that don't have those features. Like yep. Cortana has been moved. Cortana's settings have been moved into the settings panel, yep. right? And I'll go to an older PC. It's it's not there.
1: You exactly. Know, you get
0: GPU measurement now in yep. the, in Task Manager. That's coming. It, it tracks multiple GPUs, which is cool but it's not in the old stuff. And nope. so I find myself going back to old PCs and going, oh, oh, maybe I should just put yeah, this on the fact. Exactly. Fa- no, I'm going <laughs> to fight <laughs> all the, the urge.
1: Off. Fight the urge. What's great about this whole process is you're going to have a window. If you're on fast ring. once that they're going to let us know when that window opens, that you can flip the switch on that device without having to reformat it or reinstall. And you'll be able to be on fall creators update what they're calling now semi annual channel, right? right? That that is standard release. So you'll there'll be a window. You got to be paying attention though because if you stay on on insider fast and you pick up that first
0: RS4 fastring build, you're there. You would then have or to rebuild. Yeah, you can go rebuild. I've rebuild got again. I've got a couple PCs, you know, I think I have 6 here in the house and I, they're in varying states of of places. We're right. down to one Windows seven box, right? We're still running. Is that right? media, wow. We're still running media center. My media wife center. doesn't quite want to give it up just yet. I'm ready, we're ready for Plex, but um, we she doesn't want to quite give it up yet. But I have a couple of PCs and I want to take them off the fast ring, but we're so close to yeah. this. So when fast, ring, yeah, when, when fast Ring releases on the 17th, I'll give it a couple of days, I'll update them, and then I'm pulling them down off the fast ring, and then I want to put a couple of different ones on yep. back on the fast ring. Um, to kind of keep and monitor that, but it is, it is a challenge, um, to be able to kind of, you got to, okay, what did I, I, I even did so much as I made windows. I took the windows desktop and I saved it down. You know, you can go into your uh, windows computers, web, I think it's in right. It's in a web folder, which is the weirdest place for it to be, but I copied that. And then I put the version, I, it, cause then, then we went on a version of skip ahead. That's right. right. Yeah. And so the I Red put Stone one four. on a skip ahead. For Redstone 4. And I was like, how am I going to, I have to f- visually keep track of these. Then you have to think about, okay, since they're all in sync, because they're all on the same ID, I started changing it in one place and it would update everything else. Right. So I had to go into each of the computers, turn off the sync. Like, yeah, okay, for the desktop, I'm going to turn off the sync. So having the computers in these different states is, my, I mean, my recommendation is just have one if you can. Yeah. Uh, I've actually put them sometimes under different accounts. So I use a different Microsoft account for those that are in the fast mm-hmm. ring. That's a good but way to kind do of do keep too, that yeah. sync issue down.
1: Um, I, I started naming my devices based on what they're running. So W10FRRS3. Fast Ring Redstone Three, SA Skip Ahead RS Four. So and that. So when I see them on the network, you know, just I mean, I pretty much know. I got Surface Book that's on Fast Ring. I've got a two-year-old HP Spectre twenty from twenty fifteen from Build twenty fifteen that's running uh, Skip Ahead. And then I have the um, I have the HP Spectre twenty seventeen version, the big fifteen-inch model that's running Release Preview. So you get the app updates. And then, of course, uh, I just started. I just broke this ultra book out from ThinkPad, the X1. Um, this is uh, the X1 ThinkPad. What do they call it? Yeah, X1 Yoga. There you go. It's the one that goes 360. And this is just a beautiful device. And it's got an OLED screen on it. And that's kind of my standard machine now. So it's not got anything special on it. So you're right, though. It, you We're kind of unique edge cases Right. Oh, right yeah, with all the sure. machines we have and probably right. a lot of who listen are also very edge case because they got three or four devices. I don't even want to start counting the virtual machines I run for reference, just that I update to keep for reference purposes so I can go back and look at them. So I've got I, I got the whole spread there. I got Windows 7. I got Windows 8.1 Update 2. I've got uh, Windows 10 S. I've got Windows 10 Home. I got Windows 10 Pro and all of them in various stages of fast ring or skip ahead or something. So yeah. Yeah, we're, we're definitely edge cases.
0: No, right on. But I, you know, I have a feeling there's listeners out there who are shaking their head, like, yeah, they're listening yep. to this. Their Windows, yep. you know, they've got multiple PCs going on. It's been hard to keep up. I do want to ask you this, though. Do you feel confident? in, you know, hey, they can always mess something up between now and then. But I kind of, I kind of get the feeling this is going to be a fairly stable release that we can kind of recommend for. From day one, like I think yeah. for most people, it's don't you think? Or, yeah, I think with the, think for with most the surface the people, scare, do you think
1: it, it, maybe not? Do they wait? Nah, you know, here's the thing um, if you're listening to this show, you're most likely an advanced user. I think you're going to be ready to go day one, and there's going to be ways to go day one, right? You don't have to necessarily wait for Windows update. You just once they update the Windows 10 update file on the site, you can actually trigger the update yourself. So it, what I will be doing, though, is I will be I won't have all these various devices on different levels, because once we go final here, all of my devices, except for one, will remain fastering. That'll be fastering. And everything else will come to current release or semi-annual channel, whatever you want to call it, um, because that those early days, those I got my first green screen to death on the Spectre tonight running skip ahead. I forget what I was doing. I was, oh, I was listening to a a, a a live stream and downloading some updates in the store, and it green screen. First time I've had one, so that's the green screen special to the test devices, like a blue screen except it's green. So you know, I will trim down all this variety big time, and then maybe about three or four months into the development cycle, because Skip Ahead's going to stop eventually. Skip Ahead's going to become normal fast drink. So they're just they just kind of got ahead of themselves. Push.
0: Yeah no no I think yeah, they'll merge. And and they'll merge. I think they, they wanted flip to
1: flip it into the pre-release branch. It's already pre-release branch. Yeah. Right. Right.
0: It's just they're calling it Skip Ahead. Right. And everybody, if you want to join, it'll be like, all right, come join us on the like, right. On and the everybody Maritus. will be able yeah. to access faster. Yeah. yeah. Have you mixed? Have you messed much with the story remix? We had Joel on. four or five weeks ago. Oh Joel, yeah, yeah, Joel is
1: big on this stuff. Yeah. Um, I had so much fun meeting Joel earlier this year at Summit. He's a but, great guy. Love Joel. Um, yeah, story remix. So. This is something else we saw it build, probably, in my opinion, got the most response during the Windows keynote when that when the demo, what she did was she showed how she could take an object and anchor it into the video somewhere. And then that object would stay at that point. And one of the examples they gave was the, the soccer ball. So the young girl kicks a soccer ball. She puts a fireball on the soccer ball and then she has an explosion when it hits the net. Right. Well, those 3D special effects finally arrived a couple of weeks ago in the Photos app. And you might remember a few weeks ago, there, we went through a, a weekend where Photos app suddenly we got, was renamed Story Remix. And then later that night, it was back to Photos. What they did was finally, they're gonna, I think they're going to keep it Photos. But what they did was in the album tab that's in there, they've turned that into Creations. So creations work, whether it's an album, whether it's a video, whether it's a bunch of photos. So creations, I told them, my feedback to them was great name choice, right? Because that's where we're going to create and store stuff. And then you have your videos and stuff like that. So I've played with it a little bit. Um, I actually, uh, they ran into some problems It was supposed to have been out earlier. But now if you're on, no matter what system you're on, if you're running the Photos app, whether you're RS2, which is Creators Update, your are Fast Ring, Skip Ahead, all of the photo apps now have the feature, and you go in there, um, you create a thing, you drag a video in there, and then you drag the video to the edit bar. I did a video on this on SuperSite, so I've got it up on our YouTube channel, and um, it was my cat against the robot vacuum. But um,
0: so now hey, you we, have. Rich, the- we got to get better. Like I know these exploding soccer balls, and <laughs> but we got to... I mean. There's so many other things we could be doing when we think about that. I, I know those are examples. I'm, at, I'm interested in seeing like real-world examples where people make really good ones. I'm not a big oh, fan. Oh, no, of- I agree. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, these are quite
1: novel in this sense there's like 53 different special effects. But where we're, I think where they're headed, and they kind of glimpsed this gave us a glimpse of this at Build, was the ability as a community. So as a group of people, say soccer moms. And every one of you took some video from some perspective. And there, the, the demo showed that you would be able to incorporate that stuff very easily between each other. So if you're contacts and then you say you upload the video and you say this is from the soccer match on the 2nd of November, and then everybody in that group would be able to pull that together and create a, a, a cut of a video from so many different perspectives, because that's where that becomes really valuable, I think. Uh, I showed it to somebody else and they were thinking about kids, you know, kind of learning how to use a tool like that. You know, th- that will be fun for them and have a, the tracking is not real good at this point in the beta stage. I attached an object to the the vacuum that was rolling around the floor. Right. And it didn't keep up. So there's it's beta. It's you know, I, I think everybody saw what they saw in May and really expected this to be yeah. on it. And it's still going to be a beta when the fall creators update comes out.
0: Well, I had issues early on with it being able to track my pictures from the Drobo, so I would attach it to you know if you got pictures on a NAS, they wouldn't always stay. I would right. do, I would do albums, and you would be in the middle of creating something because I think the really the best use of Story Remix is in being able to take fifty pictures and some music, yep, um, and just click and yeah, just have a suddenly have a video. That's yep. actually super and useful and that
1: works very well, yeah. I think. Well, and beyond the issues of where you
0: have your photos stored and stuff like that. I had to have them local. And even then in the early versions, it was doing some weird things where they would be there and then they wouldn't. And I try and move them around. I don't think the interface yet is as intuitive as I need it to be to be able to change things. And, you know, it is if you don't like it the first time, the promise is one click and it remixes it. Redoes it.
1: Then that's the idea behind the remix button. I like that.
0: Yeah. 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 And I, I think that's where it needs to be. I mean, I, I think it's, that's 99% of the people are going to say, I went on vacation. I want to make a little video. I want to share on Facebook. Yeah. Put, I mean, in fact, if it had a share to Facebook button on it,
1: it that does thing would,
0: Does it. Okay. Good. So in the
1: story remix feature with the 3d special effects, or if you took 20 photos and put them together in a remix, there is the share option now. And it actually gives you three video sizes. So it says small, medium or large. Good. And then you can, it uses the system share targets. So if Facebook app is on there, you can target Facebook with it or Twitter, social media, stuff like that. So it is there now. I'll have
0: to give it another look because I looked at it, oh, a couple months ago and it kept dropping my pictures and I was getting frustrated. And then Still needs a lot of work. About that time is when they did the fork, and so they moved to RS. They moved to. Uh, they Stone stopped 4. giving us all
1: those features on Redstone Three. They backed us down to all the right. pre- all the normal right. current released
0: for normal people versions of the no. apps. Yeah. No, you had mentioned, Rich, that you had moved your your wife on on your podcast had been on her iPhone. Her iCloud storage had filled up. Oh yeah. And then you made a change, uh, getting her onto. Uh, back onto OneDrive. I'm assuming yep. you've got the one terabyte limit on OneDrive. for Yeah, we, we have account. Office
1: 365. So she's she, I share my Office 365 with her. So she has one terabyte of storage. So what you run into is on an iPhone with iCloud, you get five gigabyte of free storage. It's kind of like OneDrive, right? If you are not grandfathered in some way, you only get five gig of free storage. So what had happened was my wife has become quite the mobile photographer. She loves taking She's part of a Facebook group that does sky pictures, right? Or insects or flowers and things of that nature. So she's been taking a lot of photos. The first thing I did was I turned off that live photo thing because it's like four seven shots of one thing. Anyway, yeah. so she was 300 megabyte to from filling up her five gig. And she kept showing me the phone saying, it's telling me I'm too full. It's telling me I got too much here. So I actually did a hands-on on on this because I'd never done it before. But you can actually deactivate that iCloud storage on an iPhone and have OneDrive installed and designate OneDrive for your camera roll backup, And it will actually take all the photos sitting in iCloud or on your phone and sync them to your camera roll on OneDrive. So now guess what? Those are not only on your phone, they're in the cloud, they're on your desktop, they're in your laptop, your tablet. So they're available in other places. Now she's got a terabyte worth of space. And OneDrive's nice because even on Android, OneDrive manages what you're using on the phone and what you're not using. So every once in a while, Android OneDrive will pop up and say, hey, you've got a gig of photos here that you're no longer accessing. Can we just leave those in the cloud and get them off of here? And it does. And I think the iOS version of OneDrive does it too. So, if you're in that ecosystem, it's
0: easy to stay in that ecosystem, even if you're on Android or iPhone. Yeah. And I've been doing that via the Drobo. They have an app where anytime I get in with Wi Fi, it just automatically starts moving them. them. Um, I have not, I need to attach my, you know, my personal account for my Microsoft account does not have my MVP stuff. So, I'm not taking advantage of that one terabyte. Hey, let me ask you. We we talked a bunch about backup last week. Was that last weekend? Nathaniel came on. We talked about Crash Plan in uh, them changing. How, how are you backing up? Let me just ask it. You, you got OneDrive for your, for all your photos, for the podcast stuff. Where are you putting that at this point? Well, I, I kind of
1: run thing? a combination of things. So I, I have now since I'm now a OneDrive client on all of our devices. Uh, I picked by default to store documents and pictures on OneDrive. So that turns your local document and pictures folder into cloud-based storage, right? Well, it's local because of the way Onedrive for uh, OneDrive works right now for everyone on the Creators update. This is one of those features that we have to we've been using it for four months and soon everybody will get to. But so once uh, so OneDrive as it works with the current release of Windows, which is Creator's update, stores the files you have to selectively pick the folder that you want to sync locally. In the old days, OneDrive uh, placeholders, you could see the whole structure, but you didn't have to store the whole structure. Well, that's coming back with OneDrive files on demand. So when Fall Creators Update installs on your system, you're going to have a new OneDrive client that's going to have the cloud option. So you'll be able to pick what's in the cloud, what's not in the cloud. And it's awesome because it gives you that flexibility again, right? And software apps are being built to use to understand the cloud. So it will download a local file if you need to work on it and then sync the changes. Uh, it's been working good for me as little hiccupy in the beginning when they first released it and there were some issues and they went through one update where everything they weren't properly caching folder images and things of that nature. But it's working extremely well right now. And um so OneDrive Files on Demand will allow you to to control how much is stored on your local device. So I actually flip the switch for documents and photos to just be part of OneDrive. So when I open up File Explorer and I go to this PC documents, it's actually what's stored on OneDrive. If I go to pictures, it's what's stored on OneDrive. And then I also just for the sake of it, I I flip on the switch for screenshots to store them in OneDrive as well. And there's a screenshots folder. So now because I use so many devices and I do so many screenshots, it's great because I do a screenshot and it goes to one folder each. And it, it de-conflicts the numbers, right, if, in case the numbers are similar. I wish they would make that like your computer name screenshot and a number. That would be a, helpful. But I pretty much know when I'm doing this, and so I understand what I'm screenshotting. So I do that. So it's not a backup. I always tell people this when I talk about this. This is not a backup. OneDrive is a sync service. So if I delete something on one device, it's going to be deleted on all my devices, right? So it's not a true backup in the na- sense of backup. If you understand that, then you, you don't get too wrapped. And so if I take a computer, for instance, that's using the same OneDrive and I reformat it, it doesn't delete my photos off of OneDrive. It just, when you restore, you get it back. So I always tell people, I understand that's not a backup. It's a sync service, but we use it as a backup but here in in the house right here uh, on the corner of my desk i have a western digital my cloud so i have a three terabyte my cloud that store that i that's where i store the podcast at that's you know that's where i store uh my archived photos that i don't have in OneDrive that i but i keep them here local so if i had to run out of the house i know one disk drive i'm grabbing because everything is that, else is in OneDrive. you're backing so, that up to the cloud um, anywhere What's that? Are you back? I do Nevada? not back that Western Digital out anywhere. So I, many many backup uh, purists would tell me that I'm not really backed up there, because I don't have it somewhere outside the house or somewhere else in the cloud. And I could do that, but I just I I've got a second My Book connected to that that does flash backups each night. You know, differential backups. So I do have it physical copies of that twice, but I've got to be able to grab those going out the door. Or otherwise, they would be a loss. So, you know, when I get into these kind of discussions, my head starts turning and go, oh, man, I really should get that stuff in the cloud somewhere just to have that off site type thing. So, I mean, I don't think we have to have like three cycling disks that you rotate in and out like we used to do in the Navy, but I should have it in the cloud somewhere. Now, Western Digital... It's called My Cloud, but it's not really backing it into the cloud. It just means it's accessible through the cloud. So you're actually on an app and you're accessing the physical hard drive in your house just via the, the Internet.
0: So I, I guess I should do something like that. But I got a lot of data on there, man. That would take yeah, forever to upload. It would take a while. We I had to redo my crash plan. Oh, by the way, let me just say on the podcast, last week I made a mistake. And Ernesto, thank you for catching that. You let me know on Facebook. We were talking about crash plan, and I had said there was a five- terabyte limit on the business plans. And that's not totally accurate. You can only transfer five terabytes from your consumer version to your business version, and then it's unlimited from there. So just a, just a retraction or a correction, Ernesto, thanks for jumping in on the Facebook group and letting us know. Um, But yeah, Rich, you should think about some kind of system, I would think. But you're right. I mean, you probably have what three? You think you got three terabytes of? Well, it's a three terabyte
1: device, and so I'm, maybe not two something. So I, I, I'm, you know, I might have one point seven five gigabytes of space used up. So okay.
0: yeah, and that takes that's going to take a while depending on your your internet. I've yeah. been I had to, I had one point three terabytes that I thought I moved over and I didn't, Oops. and so I've been restoring those slowly over time, leaking. I have a one, you know, I have a one terabyte cap on my uh, with cox and so i've been yeah, I have the same thing now with the xfinity yeah. yep now i went in i think another thing i might have said wrong the other week i went in the other day to extend it to 500 meg an additional 500 meg no 500 gig sorry Ad- additional 500 gig 30 bucks not terrible if you know that's not bad at all for that much gig. space and then an extra 50 dollars. i said it was a 100 but an extra 50 puts me unlimited so, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of, it's kind of one of those things that's like, well, if I needed to and I just needed to blast my connection in a month, I could call them and say, hey, put this on for a month, just crush the connection. Yeah. And, and then pull it off. The other thing I bet if I did that and when I went to go pull it off, I bet they would say, well, let's cut, we'll cut you a deal. You know, oh, yeah. A, hey, know, let me tell you. It,
1: it, If you have never picked up the phone and talked to your cable company, if you're kind of getting all your services from them, you should when you're up for when you know you're not under any kind of obligation. I recently did the same thing and was able to negotiate. I upgraded to the Xfinity X1 system, right? The DVR because I was on TiVo forever. I love my TiVos, but the X1 DVR is pretty decent. Got some apps on it. Um, it runs through the Xbox without a problem. I, it's got the, the good recording features where I can record programs and rewatch them. It's got video on demand for the channels that support it. Um, but, um, you know, I, I was talking to him about adding the X1 DVR to my system, which was, I think I have an equipment rental there. But we started talking about my Internet and things like that. And we were actually, if they said, are you willing to do this for two years? Well, I'm not moving anytime soon that I'm aware of. So, yeah, I can do a two-year thing. And I actually reduced my overall bill by about $75 a month. But I And I got 150 megabit internet from 75. So I doubled my internet speed. And um, we've had the one terabyte cap. And then, you know, I, I don't have extra TV channels. I don't need them. We don't watch that much TV. But, um, you know, so pick up the phone and call them. Yeah. You know what? I think they're in this day and age, they're willing to talk about those kind of things. It's helped me every time.
0: Well, I wasn't, I've never gotten close to my cap and I track it all I the time. I've never, I, I went over 500 once yeah. since they've been tracking it. Four to 600 gig is kind of what I run. Now this month I'm going to push it because I've got, and I've been watching this every day. I I pushed, you know, I went in and selected selective folders to push to cl- crash plan. And then I, so I've been watching, okay, how much is that going to be total and how does that fit into the budget? I feel like I'm budgeting bandwidth, you know, <laughs> you're like, oh, am I going to run out and you start yeah. projecting? And so I don't use that much beyond backup. And so I'll wait, I'll get this, this, I, I think I pushed about 700 of it up last, partly last month, some of it this month. Then I'll probably wait till, oh ten 10 days to go in the month and see how I'm doing. Look at the numbers and then start it again. And I'll probably right. be able to finish it at the end of this month plus the beginning of next month. And then I'll be done. And then it's just a matter of kind of the normal sync activity that that kind of gets done. Um, but right. it was. Um, Do you stream a lot? Do you stream a lot, like TV movies and things like that? Not a lot. No, yeah. we, like I said, we use 400 most. I think uh, being an insider and having four PCs on the insider program, that can get a little expensive, right? I Those are four k every time you you go to do something and that's like once a week so that's 12 yeah. gig if i if i do them all that's 12 gig and i feel it's it's crazy rich because i'm um on one of the smaller pcs it's got a smaller drive and i physically need to clear off the last one before i can put yeah. the first one on the next one i'm on. fighting that with the 32 gig device hey. i just cannot it, it,
1: I just ultimately stopped trying to keep it in fast ring and I'm just waiting out yeah. until I can get one last build on there. So I have, yeah, well, actually, you know, I don't have that much stored on my Western digital. I guess I thought I was storing more, but I've got, um, 160 gig of videos, 190 gig of photos, 44 gig of music, 140 gig of other, and I have 2.4 terabytes free. So, you know, I've got room in my OneDrive. For these files, yeah, you could you could probably do it I that could way. Technically,
0: do it via OneDrive. Yeah, hmm. yeah. You know what would be great is if you could, if Microsoft offered to watch your OneDrive and say, "There's sync, and then there's backup," and it would, yeah, yeah that, that you
1: could that. designate, say, a folder yeah. that I don't Fold. ever want this folder to change,
0: or behind the scenes they just begin to version them for you in a way that's more like backup. Well, there is some versioning. There's some. But yeah, I, don't can, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's backup grade versioning. I need to, no, I need don't to think kind of it look is. Yeah. I think right. it's
1: very kind of entry level, the yeah. ability to take a
0: document that you may change you know, and retrieve that the old document. days ago or yeah. something. No, yeah. I'm talking about, hey, let me let me version these, you know, one version a week. This was Crash Plan's problem, right? If it doesn't take long when you start ver- doing version, trust me, I've been watching my Acronis backups. And I load them to the Drobo, so I get to see what they look like, right? And versioning takes up a ton of space. I mean, it is just it can it can just chew through it. And so, um, but it would how handy would it be if Microsoft could figure out a way to both sync and have some great backup and a restore to say because this was, was this is what was great about CrashPlan. I could go into the to the UI and say I want everything from the 13th to download it. Boom! It's you know you're doing it. You're done not complicated. I think a little interface like that where they're, they got you, they got your data already. Let's exactly. do a little more backup, just yep. a little bit more version, some, and maybe tag on a little extra five, you know, four ninety five bucks a month to well, do that. There you go.
1: And you know, the, they're already turning windows 10 into, you know, we, we have the ability to sync so much of our, the OS setting wise. And OneDrive is there. And, you know, they went through the whole rigamore of how much OneDrive space you have, but, You know, that's how Windows 10 does backup. It basically does file history. Right. So instead of restoring, and that's been one of the biggest upgrades, I think, about Windows 10 is that if I need to do a reset, guess what? I don't have to go find an ISO. I don't have to make a DVD. I don't have to make a flash drive. I go in and I hit reset and the process begins. And you get a pure, you get almost an out-of-the-box experience when you get back. You've got an old folder, right? You got a backup, but you can get rid of that. Um, I, I think... Unfortunately, I think Microsoft's consumer focus has changed a lot. You know, they become very, uh, you know, enterprise. Office 365 is making their money now. Azure, uh, Xbox, well, Xbox is a consumer brand too. So uh, they just today they released pre-orders for the Xbox One X, the normal version. Amazon's already sold out. But mm. their initial inventory of mm. just the standard console right. edition, not the Project Scorpio one that went on sale a few weeks ago. So so they're doing and they just elevated him, um, Phil Spencer, to the senior leadership team at Microsoft. So he's just been named an executive vice president. And now he is on that 15, 16 person leadership team, kind of like Satya's um, advisory panel kind of mm-hmm. thing of what these guys do. So, I mean, and that. Graphics cards are used to do mining, right? Machine learning, AI type stuff. You know, what they're doing in gaming is lending itself to other things. I don't believe for a minute that Microsoft, and I'm looking forward to Satya's book, right? Hit refresh. Um, It's no coincidence that it's coming out next Tuesday on the second day of Ignite. um, And they're doing orders. They're actually selling the book there at Ignite, in fact.
0: They should but, give it away. To be honest, they should give it away.
1: Well, you know, they are. He's given a special copy of that to every employee, every full-time employee at Microsoft. Hundred thousand people right. are getting a special edition version of that book. As you know, from as part of yeah. being an employee.
0: Well, and I, I read Bill's book. You know, Business at the Speed of Thought that mm-hmm. came out that would have been ninety-seven, I yeah. think ninety-eight, and and had some really interesting uh, introspection about how they missed the internet and some. Some other things in there, but really began to get me thinking about what could be in business when we when, and it set me up actually to be way ahead on things when we think like way ahead of the concepts of SharePoint and some of the things some right. of the sharing that we do now. Um, his thoughts were way ahead of things uh, at the time uh, and actually was fulfilled a lot of what he was talking about was fulfilled by Google first they did it with yeah. Google Drive and a lot of the things they they did there. He had envisioned uh, like Excel sharing, like these services that took Microsoft forever right. to get going. There's so much legacy code there. I, I wonder why that is always the case with them. That's oh. kind of been their history. It's been tough. I don't I, know. I think it's because they get out ahead of things so early and they write so much code early that and it's hard to back out that legacy code and right. get. Well, they, you know, they showed off a tablet PC years before anybody no, thought about it. 2002. That. I saw
1: one in 2002. You know, and then they they, didn't come to, they didn't come to market. It's, it's, you know, we see it even today. I mentioned it earlier. View 3D showed us that neat feature in May, then nothing. And now it's, now they're always going to be perceived as playing catch up. And now HoloLens out in front, right? They, they announced that and they were doing that. Now you have mixed realities kind of following behind some of these other systems, you know, Oculus and things of that nature.
0: So, um, but you know, it's cool. I've got VMs running in Azure space right now. Do you? Doing, doing stuff for me, and that's cool. You can rent GPU space. I looked at, and it's not, you would not mind this way, but you can rent NVIDIA GPU space on Azure right now. These big, gigantic banks of, I, I imagine they got a data center somewhere and they're oh, running, yeah. right? They're running these GPUs. Yep. And, and well,
1: all their servers, all their Azure data service centers have the uh, that FPGA in them as well that they use for the
0: machine learning and AI. Right, right. Yeah, no. They really, talked
1: about it to build last year.
0: Really, really interesting. I don't know if they make a big enough deal about Ignite. what they have available on Azure for I, those I, kinds of services.
1: No, I don't think they do. Yeah. And 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 the thing is, and I think next week's going to be very interesting in Orlando at Ignite because even though it's not a consumer focus, they're talking to you know they're talking to um, enterprises and businesses and people you know about all these the connectivity and services that are online now in Azure. And don't forget, all of that has an impact on consumer services. You know, what Microsoft is learning to do in the cloud with Azure is helping them run Xbox Live, right? Xbox Live is running in Azure. Uh, Windows 10, every build that gets pushed out, every update that gets pushed out is coming off of Azure. So, they, you know, they, are, they dog food in, at the speed of dog fooding. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, that being a term that you, you eat your own stuff to test it out. And, uh, you know, so, so everybody kind of gets this idea that they don't focus on the consumer anymore, but just like an IT pro is a consumer first, we were talking about this before the show, right? An IT pro is a consumer first. And a lot of times they will take that consumer experience into the workspace and then look for a solution that fits right. And Microsoft is kind of doing that with enterprise, every step they make with enterprise with Azure or secure, think about security with windows 10, Right. When we had the big um, the CC Cleaner thing, right, that just happened uh, this past week, where somebody actually got into the system, used a digital certificate to sign the code and put a backdoor. Actually, put two backdoors in the software. We learned today about a second one that was targeting about twenty business uh, domains. Then you had um, the Petya and the ransomwares, right, that popped up. Windows 10 was a minute little blip on the radar for those things, whereas Windows 7. Big time. Windows XP, yeah, people are still running it. Windows S, not as much. Um, Guess what the difference is between Windows 10 and those other systems? Windows 10, on the consumer side, you can't turn off updates. On Windows 7, you can stop updates completely without any penalty beyond making your system unsecure. So, you know, people moaned about mandatory updates on Windows 7 or Windows 10, but I'm telling you, that's made that OS a safer
0: yeah. OS. No, right on. Uh, Mark Mark in the chat said he saw he said uh, saw Linus building servers in Vancouver data center a while ago. The GPU cards uh, without outputs just, just for calculating. Calc. And by the way, those are now those have made their way and I don't know how long they've been there, but they those have made their way to Amazon. So you can now mm-hmm. purchase <clears throat> GPU or yeah, GPUs no outputs and they'll say special mining edition or right. you know whatever and and Amazon like, also just started charging by the second. For the compute, Yeah. Yeah. So they've actually taken the time frame down to second. And I imagine Azure will follow uh, here pretty quickly. It's, It's what's really cool, Rich, I was flying home and I have this dual, I have a dual core, well, two core, let's just call it that way. It's a two core Azure virtual machine out there, right? And on the plane, it's actually better for me. And it's in a data center in India, which is really cool. It's actually easier for me to just remote, fire my computer, and then get on the internet and then remote to that box. And, and if I have anything intensive to do on the internet, I get way better throughput off that box than I would from the plane. Now you could, in theory, you could watch videos, still not a great experience over remote desktop, and you're still, you're still governed by the speed at which those, those screens refresh. So not a great experience. But if you were running something that was bandwidth intensive uh, and you were on a plane, man, it, it makes it, it makes it super nice. Um, I think that box costs me a little under thirty dollars a month. Really? And so, now, so, is that something you just turn on when you need it? Yeah, you can. You can. Or you can just always run it. You, I run it all the time because I've got some. I've got some processes and some okay. stuff that I'm running gotcha. on it. I don't pay for me. I pay if it's on. I'm paying for it. If it's off, right. I'm not. That's so right. Yeah. right? It's it's I could shut it off. I'm gonna watch my. I watch my budget. If I feel like I'm gonna run over, I may shut a few down. But um, it's been, it's been a great place for me to test, but it was just one of those things. It was like, okay, well, the India data center, South India is really cheap. And so they are a couple do- there are a couple dollars cheaper to get them in, in India than they are in the United States on, on Azure. And so I was like, okay, let's give it a try. And wow, really great experience to be able to remote desktop into it, do some stuff, surf right. fast. And if you're just reading stuff or keeping up with things that are going on, it works great. And it's of course it has the speed of the data center, not the speed for the aircraft. Right. Uh, So, I
1: I, I get frustrated running my virtual machines off of an SSD on my main desktop. So I can imagine that might be. I might have to look into that.
0: Yeah, it's pretty interesting. And I and the the smallest your blob
1: storage for my podcast. Right. My podcast is stored on Azure and blob storage, so it serves up from there.
0: Do you know what you like on a monthly basis? You track my budget. budget. It's like
1: nothing when my, I'm talking, I use my MVP budget, right? right. So full disclosure to people listening, both yeah, Rich and I have $150 of credit because we're MVPs and I, Whole, I don't disclosure. go near that. So it's very reasonably priced.
0: I am rich. I'm going to try and max it. This is my goal. Like it's been sitting there unused. Mm-hmm. And so my um, Uyghur and I over the last couple of weeks have been doing a lot of work around Bitcoin mining, not really Bitcoin, but altcoin and some other And there's a project called GRC coin where you can get, you can actually get coin for doing the distributed community projects. So SETI or protein folding. And there's a whole bunch, IBM actually has one called the World Community Project that Mike turned me on to where cancer research and AIDS research and, and Ebola and Zika virus, they can submit packets to the, to this world community um, project and get this distributed computing done right. So it's kind of a cool thing, and you get these little GRC coins. They're worth, I think, three cents a coin. So it's not like you know you're doing it to make money, right. but it's been kind of fun to do those things to help other people. And it's bandwidth and it's money I was just letting sit on right. Azure, and I thought,
1: nah. No, no, I think I'm computer. gonna have to get in there and spin up a VM or two and see it's, if I. Yeah. I, I, I want to. I'm assuming I can run whatever OS on, so I could even do a VM. Windows, Windows 8,
0: 8 is. The ends, then uh, you need to go in and upgrade it.
1: So, well, okay. but, yeah. but what I'm saying is, is you can go in there and upgrade and then join the fast ring. For right. instance, you could run test. Bugs I haven't done that. I'm
0: assuming they're not blocking that. I haven't done that yet. I spun no, up no, Windows no, no. 8 instances and left them. You know, I updated them one time and then I just kind of left them because I don't care. I don't. I right. Windows 10, Windows 8, it doesn't matter. I'm running. Yeah, I have to do that just to see what it, it runs. Out. You should check right. it out. India, I think it's South India, has the cheapest prices. I went, I went okay, to gotcha. the mall and the data center in South India. Living up to a very bad stereotype has the best prices there, and uh, and so uh, check it out. Rich, one more thing before we go. Yep. You, this is a, just a funny story that you had about you went you went to try to see a movie today. In fact, I oh, yeah. kind of messed things up so, because so. I asked you to be here. Yeah. And then you were like, "Oh, I was going to see a movie." What happened at the movie?
1: Yeah, I kind of well, you know, we we you're very um good about setting up your dates, your calendars, right? And that um and so we had set up on this date to, because we knew this would be the right time frame right to talk Fall Creators update. And so I had forgotten to stick it on my calendar. Well, leading up to everybody's probably knows that they uh Phantom Events who do different theater-based events, they bring you in and show you live stuff or whatever. Well, we just recently had the 35th anniversary of Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan. And so Phantom Events did a special day uh, where several theaters were showing two showings. There was a 2 o'clock and a 7 o'clock show. And the date of this show was the 13th of September. Well, the 13th – oh, I'm sorry. No, the 10th and the 13th of September. So it was a Sunday and a Wednesday. Well – on the 10th of September, we were in a boarded up house waiting on Hurricane Armour to arrive. So was not in the, the city had been locked down. People were being told, don't move around, get off the road. So so no go to the movie on the 10th. I was looking at the 13th and was seriously almost ready to go on to the seven o'clock show. And I was like, no, nah, it doesn't feel right. You know what? People don't have power. I, I shouldn't be doing normal things right now. So I, I chose not to go to the show that day. And still not even thinking about tonight and doing the show with you. And then you hit me up last night on DM and said, hey, we still good for tomorrow night? And I was like, oh, man. And then we talked a little bit. And I was like, you know what? No, the right thing. I made the commitment. I'll be there. I, well, I appreciate my, local, my, my local AMC theater popped up in my. So I went to cancel my ticket through Fandango. And I looked at my local AMC theater was showing that because up until yesterday, they weren't showing it. Well, they showed they were doing a two o'clock and a seven o'clock show as well. So my AMC theater is only 15 minutes from here. And so I was like, oh, that's perfect. I'll, I'll front load my day of work, right? That's flexibility of working from home. I front loaded my day, got my content done, told my editor, hey, I'm, I'm taking an extended lunch. I'm going to go see Star Trek at the con." because what they did was they put on an encore performance because of all the conflicts that were happening around the original days. So get to the movie theater. I have my Fandango. I show my Fandango. get my popcorn and my drink and go sit in the theater a few minutes before two. I was the first one. There were only about seven of us in there, but, um, 15 minutes after two, the guy walks in and says we're having a bit of a problem getting the movie started, but we're working on it. So hang tight because we're late. We're going to give you a free voucher, but hang tight. 15 minutes later, they came back and said, we can't run the movie. And, Turns out that in the age of digital theaters, you know, nobody ships film anymore to theaters that some kid up there in the booth is putting on the reels, right? And you always have that interruption in the middle, right? You remember these, Jim? Oh, yeah. You have to change reels. <laughs> yep, uh, yep. Anybody young listening to this has zero concept because basically what you're doing in this day and age is you're streaming the movie through the movie theater just in a higher definition on a bigger screen. And they're DRM'd. They have DRM protection on them as part of a means for the studio to be able to monitor how many times the movie theater runs the movie because they obviously get paid based on, and they don't want them running free shows either, right? So that somebody can just watch it. So apparently the DRM code that they had been given for the two o'clock show, because they're timed, I learned from the manager. So they have a four hour window to use this code once they get it. And the code is only delivered just before the movie is scheduled. So apparently that code was corrupted. There was not time to get a replacement code because of the way the process works, which I find kind of crazy, ridiculous in this day and age. But, yeah, because of DRM, I did not get to see Star Trek II The Wrath of Khan this afternoon. And I thought I was being slick, going to the 2 o'clock show, staying here with the podcast. Oh, man. That's you, hilarious. You, you, you were about that close to getting another DM today and saying, you know what? But no, I I wouldn't I would not abandon you on the show for that. But it, it was just too funny, so I started
0: streaming it on my Xbox earlier. Good, start. That's a good it's a good one. It's a good film. I, yeah, I think it's that might be my favorite Star Trek of all time. It, it came the out movies. in nineteen
1: eighty two, right? Yeah. It came in out in September of nineteen eighty two. I would I had shipped to boot camp a month earlier, so uh, August eleventh is when I shipped to boot camp. So I was in the boot camp we don't watch movies like that when you're in boot camp and in a school c school overseas so i'd never seen star trek rathacon in the theater and i was like oh this would be cool you know go there and see that and um unfortunately it, drm
0: no it happens thank, thank you for being here i appreciate yep, you it Rich. Always, 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 good to, always good to catch up with you we'll plan you again in the spring as we think about whatever the Whatever they call the next Whatever update, they're going to call it. I, I, my money's on it's
1: not going to have any form of creators update in the title of the update. I don't think. Yeah. That, I think they squeezed that turnip. I think. <laughs> with
0: creators yeah. update, and creator's I don't update. think it's going to have a season either. They took so much. Nah, heat. that
1: created some oh, havoc too. They just gosh. need to call it Windows 10 versions. What will it be next year? 1803. Yeah. You know, like
0: this one, 1709. No, it's I, once we get used to that, you know, again, you had to think about it for a second. But once you say it a couple times, yeah, 1803, it, okay. yeah. it's 1803. And it's so much easier. It means something because you, now you're like, if I go back to some of the other, the other updates, like the anniversary update, it's like, yep. go, when was that again? That was 1607. You know, yeah, yeah. But that's but not, exactly, yeah. you know, that because you, you write a guide around this thing, right? Yeah. But. For me it's like not, I don't know. So anyways, yeah. uh, uh, if you haven't checked out Rich on Windows Observer get get uh, get that downloaded to your to your podcast player of choice. It's a good one to have. Rich, I listen to you at 1.4 I think, 1.3. And there are moments oh, I think a little sped you, up, yeah. You I speed it up and you you speed yourself up anyways and there's times yeah. I have to stop and take a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I go okay. It's a lot of yep. information because just For those it. of
1: you who have never listened to Observe Tech, it's basically approximately about a 45-minute show of just headlines yeah. with a quick little bit of commentary around them. Occasionally I get up on a on a soapbox, but for the most part, I just kind of talk about Windows headlines and news from the week. And I'm not kidding you. I probably run through 25, 30 items in that 45-minute yeah. window. No, you so you it, is a, it. it is a wham-bam. It's there quick. But it, it, I, the best feedback I get is like what you said. If people just love it for that quick snapshot because it yep. gives. And then if no, you it's trigger great. on something, I've got show notes on uh, our on my uh,
0: Wikipedia, on my wiki site that you can go click yep. on the link. And you should have corrected me. I do this every time. Windows Observer is the site. Windows Observer.com. Yep. Observe Tech is the podcast. It's the podcast. Yeah. I, I don't know we're why. We're about I, to do episode 246. To every week. Like you're in my rotation Usually Mondays now, Monday afternoons, I pick you up because you had it on Saturday weekend. And I pick you up and yeah, I always, I always mess it up. So windowsobserver.com is the website. Observe Tech Podcast is the podcast. Get that downloaded. Listen to it. If you want to keep track of what's going on with Windows, Rich does it right. And uh, Rich, thanks again. I'll remind everyone, don't forget about the Patreon link we have out there. I mentioned that one in $5 plans. If you want to. Do Patreon. You get the pre and the post show. So Rich will stay around for a little bit of post show tonight. We won't go too long. But uh, if you want to do that on Patreon, get us there. If you want to contact me, send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. Always love your feedback and just appreciate it. There's a couple of you who email me every week. And uh, Neil, thank you for doing that, by the way. Neil sends me an email and lets me know, good show. Sometimes he says, mm, didn't like it. That's okay. I like getting that kind of feedback from you. It's, it's very helpful to know what's going on. Always appreciate that, especially if it's good. We appreciate it. And uh, lots going on here. Of course, the AverageGuy.tv platform, both web and media hosting, powered by Maple Grove Partners, gets secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. Christian's got plans as little as $10 a month. That gets you web and media hosting particularly good for podcasters. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, Maple Grove Partners is a great place to go. And it's super secure. Christian just crushes it in that area. And it's just a bunch of, it's. it's kind of like having a local media server. Uh, super good, Christian. Uh, uh, super good at what he does. So, head out to MapleGrovePartners.com. check it out. Don't forget our apps are available now. Both of them are working. HomeGadgetGeeks dot We thank LastPass for their sponsorship of what they do. Amber's coming back uh, on November second, I believe. We've got her scheduled, so we'll finally get that done. We've had a little trouble getting her uh, scheduled next week. Let me warn you: next week, special podcast because it's International Podcast Day on Friday. So Thursday, Dave Jackson, Daniel J. Lewis, Ray Ortega going to join me. We're going to take Podcasters Roundtable, Ray show, bring it here. And we're going to talk gadgets around podcasting. So if you're not interested in the podcasting stuff, some I know some of you aren't. But if you are, it will be gadget related. We're not going to talk about mm, host providers and some of those things, but we will talk about around a lot of the new gadgets that are coming out around podcasting and some of those things. So for those four guys will join me. So if you want to come back next week, we've got uh, those those three and me joining us. By the way, Mike Wieger, still alive and well. I spent an hour with him uh, on Facebook IM. Um, what do we call that video? Messenger. Sure. Oh, uh, I yeah, I don't know what they call that messenger video? Is that what it is? Anyways, I'm not sure. He's, uh, he's alive in a well in Topeka. And so we gave him, uh, I gave him a ring. Kyle Wilcox is here in two weeks. And Kyle's set up a, well, we're gonna have two podcast shows in a row. Py, uh, Kyle set up a podcasting uh, whole tech setup in the school that he's working in. And he's got the kid, he has the kids, he's got the kids. Did you hear me say that? He's got the kids podcasting and doing something really, really cool. So, I think it's going to be a great show. It'll be more about what the kids are doing than about the podcasting. But I love what Kyle's doing. I love his heart. Uh, so he's going to come in and talk about what he's doing in the school. And then we've got a special product coming in Silent Circle. So I haven't actually, they were supposed to send me some product and I haven't seen it yet. So we'll hopefully get that here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, bring them in and we've got some interesting shows coming up for you as well rich thanks again we'll be back uh next thursday 8 p.m central 9 eastern out here at the average guy dot tv live download that observed tech podcast and we'll see you next week and with that we'll say good night everybody good night